November of 1980, he hands me this letter. It's worn because I read it all the time. I took that letter to basic training with me when I was in the Air Force. That was the thing I read. It was a tough day in boot camp. This letter put me on a path that no one else was able to put me on. Welcome back to All the Miles Mattered. This is Neil Amato. The voice you just heard was that of a former Lado runner named Mark Altamari. It's 2024, and we're going to be turning back the clock to 1980 and a key point in the Lado Largo rivalry. September of 2023, Largo had a reunion the night after the track at the football stadium was named for Coach Brent Haley. One thing that was great about the reunion is that there was representation, and more than token representation, from the cross-country program at Lado, aka the Long Red Row. One of the speakers was a runner on a groundbreaking team for Coach Bobby Ennis. His name, Mark Altamari. This episode is a compilation of the Altamari story from both a phone conversation and from Mark's talk at the Largo reunion several months back. So first, tell me about your current team, where you coach, and how that team is doing. So I coach at Robinson High School in Tampa. I was the boys and girls coach for the last 19 years. This year, I'm just the girls coach. We just had our region meet today. Girls finished third and the boys finished seventh. So they're both going on to the state meet. This will be our seventh year in a row for the girls. Um, So we have a real good history of, you know, state level success. Correct me if I'm wrong. You have a five runner team. I do. We started with six. And after our first meet, one of my girls had a stress fracture. So she's been out the whole season and I've just been, Rolling with those five. It's kind of been pins and needles all season trying to get them healthy to the line and get five across the finish line. So, yeah, not quite the same as the long red row. No, I mean, I think my biggest team combined was probably, you know, 20 or 22. I've never had the numbers they have. Our school doesn't have the numbers. Altamari arrived at Lado as a sophomore in November 1978. His family moved from the Philadelphia area to Tampa. He had been a soccer player and had dabbled in track as a freshman in high school. So in ninth grade, I ran track up there. I was like 208 in the 880. I started my 10th grade year up there, started soccer, and then I moved here in November. Cross country was already over. I attempted to wrestle. One of my other brothers was in school with me, and you know, he kind of conned me into try wrestling, and it just wasn't my thing. So I kind of went through my sophomore year, just finished it. I didn't run track at Lato. And then that summer, I decided I'm going to run cross country. And that's when my oldest brother, Chris, who was getting back into running down here, he and I trained together. And he, you know, was my motivation, my inspiration. He really took off locally road racing and whatnot. He was very good. So I trained with him, showed up at cross-country conditioning, you know, over the summer and met the guys and whatnot. I knew a few of them from class, just fell in love with it. 
I mean, the day I met Coach Ennis, I knew that that was like a match made in heaven, to be honest with you. Hmm. I can imagine that. So you probably meet Coach Ennis. You said cross-country was over, but do you have any idea, is it during the school year? Was he your PE coach? Yeah, he was my PE teacher. There was the wrestling coach, actually, told him, hey, you need to see this guy. This kid can run forever in our practices. You know, I was a wrestling dummy. I was just a guy they put on the mat with the real guy who was at my weight class, you know? <laughs> So I, I ran a lot. And then that summer is when, you know, I, over the school year, I met my future teammates. And it was like, you got to come out. You got to come out. Just try it kind of a thing. And, um, and then once I got out there, it was like, this is for me. This is what I want to do. And now what you're going to hear is his reunion speech and what he recalls of seeing Largo's team for the first time. So I ran for Leto in 1979, 1980, graduated in 81. In 1979, when it all started, I didn't know anything about Largo. My first experience with them was Coach Ennis took me to a meet at Al Lopez Park, Horizon Park at the time, a Jesuit Invitational. It was like a practice, the way they were running. And I remember specifically one thing Coach Haley, and I didn't know Coach Haley at the time, was talking to his runners who were falling back a little bit and I remember him yelling at these guys or yelling to these guys to get back in the race, you know, you're killing us, that kind of thing. Well, they weren't killing anybody because they were probably going to score 15 points. <laughs> so I remember thinking at the time, man, that guy's intense. But then the biggest thing that hit me was how they responded. It's like they just did what he said to do. I know Coach Ennis wasn't getting that at the time. So I looked at it and I was like, that is just amazing to me. He told them to do it, and they did it. And at the time, I didn't know who they were, but I wanted to know who they were. So I, I went up after the meet, and I was talking to these guys, and they were larger than life to me. The specific runner that hit me most that day was uh, Kevin Crawley. Just talking with Kevin and Rick Heigel. And I remember telling Coach Ennis, I want to be Kevin Crawley. Not beat him, be him. You know, that was a motivating factor for me. From then on, I wanted to be a guy that could wear a Largo varsity uniform. I was going to be at Leto, but I wanted to be worthy of that Largo uniform. And that year, they had five seniors. One, two, three, four, five. There were five seniors on that team that won state. And everybody obviously knows who Basil McGee is, and much as you strive to be that guy, you're not. But, you know, the thing that struck me was the Mark Lincolns, the Kevin Crawleys, the Brian Benedicts, the Rick Heigels of Largo. They were just amazing to me. I just patterned myself after that. And I thought to myself, we're going to be good next year. I started learning more about cross country and understanding it. We had two seniors. Well, the next year in 1980, they had Bart Sellers. I never heard of Bruce Onspach, Chris Palmer, Ken McCain, Danny Leeper, Pat Farrell, Rob Fahey. Never heard of any of those guys the year before. My fault, not theirs, because they were crushing the JV, I imagine. Well, they were the Mark Lincolns and the Kevin Crawleys and the Rick Heigels the next year. And I remember just constantly obsessing over all summer long. What are they doing? What are they doing today? And I would get up and I would run every day over the summer. And, you know, you've got to put in a thousand miles over the summer and you've got to do this. And, and I used to think to myself, what's Largo doing today? And I want to do more. And that kind of motivated me through that 1980 season. And we had a, we had a pretty good season. We lost at the Largo Invitational. We beat them at regionals, and we were the first team probably in forever in the Hillsborough County to beat Largo anyway. And that scared the crap out of me because I was like, how are we going to do this two weeks in a row? Because I know they're going to start doing some work. 
Let's stop right here and focus on the magnitude of that 1980 region meet victory. What Mark Altamari said was true. No team from Hillsborough County had ever beaten Largo at that point. Though ever then was a span of just 13 years, still, it was a big deal. In episode 9 of the show, Jeff Chapman talked about how 1980 set the stage for the Long Red Row to break through in 1982. But Mark Altamari was gone by then. And so were Pedro Enriquez and Terry Black. Those guys were seniors, so they weren't thinking about setting up the program for the future. For one thing, it was tough for them to think about anything but the win. Tough to escape the hype of finally beating Largo. Quote, now we know we can beat them, Ennis told the Tampa Tribune. That psychological barrier is gone. The region meet victory at the University of South Florida was a day to celebrate. The Lado marching band came out to play. A Tribune photographer snapped a photo of Altamari hugging Ennis. Those runners still had the state meet one week later in Lake Worth. And I remember that state meet almost like it was yesterday. And I remember thinking to myself during this race, we're winning this because, you know, my teammates were with me. We were all in the top 10 and I thought we could win it. And I remember vividly standing around afterwards, because it's not like today you can look at your phone and get results the second your runner finishes. We're all standing around talking, and nobody knew what was going on, and talking to Coach Ennis. Runners were talking to Coach Haley. And I saw Ken McCain and Danny Leeper break out in this huge smile and start hugging each other. So that's when I knew we were second. For the briefest moment, it was like the worst feeling in the world. But, But then after that, it really wasn't. Obviously, no one wants to be second. Um, we lost that state meet by three points. And I still contend that our 80 team was probably the best team never to win a state meet. I'll take that to my grave. So that season ended November of 1980. Coach Ennis comes to me, and he hands me this letter. This is a letter that Coach Haley wrote to me. Every single word in here has stuck with me, and I've tried to live my life based on what he wrote in this letter. And he didn't know me. At least I thought he didn't know me. But I want you to know, Coach, that this letter put me on a path that no one else was able to put me on. Other than Coach Ennis, who was the very first adult who ever believed in me, this letter meant so much to me that I've kept this letter since 1980. It's worn because I read it all the time. And when I think about different parts of my life, my career, my coaching, I read this letter. And if I have a runner, who I've I've coached some pretty decent runners over the years. I've showed them this letter. This explains a lot why I'm the way I am when I coach. You know, I was a police officer for a few years, and um, the way I policed, the way I fathered, the way I coached, mentored, whatever, was all because of this letter, Coach. And I think it's funny because all he wrote on here was, my name, care of Coach Ennis, late to high school, and it got there. (laughs) Okay? It it got there. I don't know how it got there. But from the bottom of my heart, I want to thank you for that, Coach. The impact you've had on me has been, you know, I I can't put it in words. Dear Mark, I wish to congratulate you on your tremendous season and to tell you how much our team and I admired you as a competitor and a good sport. I have coached many years, and while I have admired the effort of many opposing competitors, I have seldom written to them. But we think you are something special. 
I have observed your actions when we have beaten Leto, and when Leto has beaten us. You never rubbed it in when you won, and never offered anything but sincere congratulations when you lost. This especially had to be tough after such a narrow loss at state, but your true character came out again. You epitomize what I strive for, but don't get in all of my runners. That is someone that gives everything he has to win, but regardless of the outcome, has only respect for those of the opposition that are the same kind of competitors that he is. As far as state was concerned, you and your teammates had one of the best competitive performances I have seen and have much to be proud of. Both teams were winners and nobody beat anybody. We were just three points luckier. Congratulations on your many accomplishments again. Stay the same way you are now always, and you will have much success in life. Sincerely, Coach Brent Haley, Largo High XC. Wow. Some people have asked, why are you going back and telling these old stories? Well, that's kind of why. This is so rare. That's 230 words that made a difference in one runner's life. 230 words that that runner then shared with others to make a difference in their lives. Thank you, listeners, for again coming along for the run. Some great stories are still out there. Stories related to Largo, Lado, and the challengers to those programs' dominance. I'm not sure what's coming up next, but here are a few that you can count on. The 1976 season, when Largo was a decided underdog. That's one story. Chuck Dehancey was better than anything we ever had. There was no way that I thought we were going to win. The mid-race fight between Lado and Seminole at the Largo Invitational. That's another. The 1994 Largo Invitational. That was the one where we had the kerfuffle. Is that the fight? Some of our guys came up and some Seminole guys and... Just started a brawl. And then there's the time the Ennis honeymoon got cut short. Our honeymoon lasted less than a week because of Bart Sellers running. He was clipping along at about six minute pace. A quick thanks to Mike Fowler for the audio of Mark Altamari's talk at the Largo reunion. Also a big shout out to the guy you're hearing sing our theme song. He's celebrating a milestone birthday. We'll talk to you next time on All the Miles Matter. Friends and rivals running across the bay. Been 50 years, but we've still got a lot to say. Hey, I've got your.